This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. to uh, the topics of unpacking the politics of black beauty. And I'm joined here by someone who is well-versed in this conversation. She is Erin H. Maben, a thought leader and influencer in the hair care industry committed to uplifting the natural hair community and as the EVP of Education Development and co-founder of the Natural Hairstyle and Braid Coalition, she spearheads innovative strategies to transform textured hair education. Her bio is extensive and she's doing all of the things and she's also a licensed cosmetologist in New York, Pennsylvania, and California because who just needs one? I mean, she's a black woman, y'all. Come on, you know what she's going to do. She's going to do all the things and be amazing. Erin Maven, it's always a pleasure to have you on this show, sis. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. I'm glad to be here in person. I'm glad to have... Right, this is the first time in yes. person. Usually you guys are on a Zoom, so we are in studio. We are live today. And it was funny because right before we came back from the break, you and I were talking about the fact that several years ago, you and I sat on a panel together yes, in Albany, New York yes. for Caucus Weekend. Caucus. Caucus. <laughs> which is like this weekend where, quite frankly, all of the black elected... Um, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Asian elected officials in the state of New York come together mm -hmm. in Albany, New York, our capital. There's a variety of panels. It's an annual event. There's a lot of learning opportunities, a lot of fun as yes. well. Yes, a lot of fun. For those who are, um, you know, of a mind of that sort. Um, so it can be a great evening, a great weekend, really. And you and I were on that panel way before there was a, all of this legislative activity yes. around natural hair. Erin, yeah. talk to us about the difference between what you are planning now as you head up to caucus weekend and what where we were back in 2019 when there was no legislation, mm. when there was no educational real push, the likes that we had not seen since the early 90s, um, when our our leaders and elders, Diane Bailey, Diane Costa, uh, Talani Kennard, those types of women. Um, uh, I'm from own red room. Oh, Deborah Hare Bay. I was own like, what's room. her own red room? I was like, <laughs> so this was a time where in the 90s we had an explosive amount of legislative activity to protect the African textured hair community. It kind of fell asleep for a little while. In 2019, we didn't really have anything. Oh, what a difference a few years makes, Erin. Talk to us. Yeah, so at that time, in 2019, I believe it was, the Crown Act hadn't even been passed yet that's right and we were there championing this you know bill which now it's a bill that's right <laughs> it's a law it's a law so that's right th that brings us to today like we are you know the nhbc obviously but we are really um bringing things to the forefront mm. we have a new bill that we are introducing at the legislative caucus this year what? Yes. Look at y'all being at all us. legislative and active <laughs> all and of stuff. It. So that is the new thing from before till now is yeah. that now the Crown Act really kind of opened the door for some things. Yeah. And we're stepping in that door and busting down more. So currently we are updating the New York State Natural Hair Licensing Bill. And it's going to now be the New York State Natural Hair Care and Braiding Bill. Wow. And so what's beautiful about this bill is that we are offering two 
two new pathways on top of the traditional pathway huh. of school. Um, and it's going to kind of open up more barriers and opportunities for our, you know, hair care professionals to step into a billion dollar industry. Wow. This is huge because one of the things that we've realized, Erin, is that while we may be the, the people who drive the culture, mm-hmm. we are the people who tell you, oh, no, that's good. Don't do that. Yeah, don't oh, do this that. is amazing, but don't do this. Mm-hmm. We don't typically benefit from those decisions. We don't benefit from the taste making and, and from being the influencers and the leaders. And you all, because it's you, it's all the other folks who are involved in the NHBC, and that's the Natural Hairstyle and Braid Coalition. Yes. You all are thinking, this isn't just about my pockets. I'm no. Yes, you are a master stylist. We know you're a master pioneer. Mm-hmm. You got the credentials from here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> but this is about empowering community. Yes. And I, I want to pause on that because you very much, all of you could have just said, no, we're good. We, are, we dominate this market when it comes to textured hair. Mm-hmm. We are the ones who people are looking to. We've got the textbooks. We're the ones teaching the classes. You could have sat in that space, mm-hmm. which would have been very American of you. Yeah. Why? Why make this? Why do this work of going back to Albany year after year? Why do the work of not just working in your salons and, and leading and employing people, but taking on the legislation? Why do all of that on behalf of a community who may not at some points even know your names? Well, I mean... Because we are that community, Mm. right? We are black women that understand the harms and the disassociation that we've had when it comes to this industry, right? We have a billion dollar industry that literally we get pennies from. Mm. And not understanding that, you know, with the things that we do in this industry, it doesn't necessarily get noticed, like in all industries, right, in this yeah. America that we live in. Um, it's it's very interesting because you have many people that find time to just, it's, it's just an interesting space. Like, why... Oh, hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> She's seeing cameras. Right. It's just like, I just, I just want to say this like in a clear way. There's 85% of, you know, women that really are not being taken care of. Mm. Their hair is not being cared for. Mm. Or and there's an opportunity to introduce new natural hair care professionals yeah. that are going to be able to service them. Yeah. Right. Because that need is not being met. Right. And so what are we finding? We're finding YouTube University. We're finding um Girl, TikTok, TikTok, TAs, (laughs) we've got Instagram instructors. We've got a whole lot of people who said, I found something that worked well for me. Let me teach all of you. But if you have not been trained, like, Erin, what works well on my hair ain't going to necessarily work well on your hair. But I don't know anything about your hair. I just know the juices and berries that work well for me. Mm -hmm. And if there's no standard, if there's no structure, if there's no pathway, Mm -hmm. it can be extraordinarily difficult for us to get access to actual hair care. And, And before you came in in the last segment, we were talking about this explosion in you. Uterine mm-hmm. and, and other forms of cancer, ovarian mm. cancers related to all of these women and men, but mm-hmm. primarily women who are seeking out hair care that is completely harmful and mm-hmm. is not actually caring for the hair, but is really caring for our need to conform mm-hmm. in a world that has said we can only be beautiful if we show up in this way. So so these pathways that you all are going to be opening up with this mm-hmm. legislation, to me, as someone who does not do professional hair, I did hair in college, right? Oh, okay. After I went natural, <laughs> I was like the two-strand twisty sister on, so we would be having gospel choir practice. 
practice. Shout out to United Soul Ensemble. And I would be doing hair in the gospel choir practice. Mm -hmm. But all I knew was like St. Ives lotion and spray bottle Saint with water. Ives because lotion. that's all we had. We ain't have shea butter. We ain't do we didn't have all these things. But I didn't know. And and there are so many women out there who are intuitively mm -hmm. very gifted, have wonderful talents, but there is a body of knowledge mm -hmm. that has to be rested upon. And so talk with us about what this legislation is going to be able to accomplish for people who are looking to enter the industry mm -hmm. and for those who are already there. So what's wonderful about this is like I said, there's two pathways. One is going to be apprenticeship Ooh. right so you'll be able to go to a natural hair care professional who's already licensed or a cosmetologist wow who can then train you for two years and then you can go on to you know get your license wait this is like what we used to do yes before before all the rules and all the things yes so you'll be able to study under yes. someone like yourself yes. someone who's got receipts and mm -hmm. licensing in multiple jurisdictions because mm -hmm. you just I guess are bored so someone like myself who yes. wanted to do hair mm -hmm. would be able to maybe because I can't afford the 20 30 whatever thousands of dollars it yes. would be to cost to go to cosmetology school but mm -hmm. I, I have this gift and this talent so I would be able to come to you sign up for this program mm -hmm. as your apprentice yes tutelage wow yes we're bringing it back to the old school oh my god Right, because I think that's important. Again. Yeah, it's important that you, in any industry, especially hair industry, that you have a mentor, mm. that you have someone that you know brings you up. Because really, essentially, this information doesn't belong to anyone. Right, it was passed down. It was right. given. Right, so right. it's our job to pay it forward. Mm. And then, last but not least, our second pathway is five-year live-work experience. Huh. So break now. This this sounds to me like something. I have a I have a, a friend of mine who mm -hmm. didn't finish college, but they're amazing. Yeah, this is an amazing person who has for decades been serving the people doing all types right. of things, and so they are now going to be able to get access to something that, similar to what it is I think you're about to describe. How yes. does that work? So you have to have five years of live work experience, mm -hmm. and you have to show your receipts, of course. Yes. Right? There's yeah. a process, um, and then once that process is determined and confirmed, then you will be able to get your license. Wow. Wow. And so what that's doing is that's opening up the room, yeah, opening up the space yeah. and, and bringing more natural hair care professionals into a licensed space mm. that's going to not only protect the community because they're going to be trained professionals, right. but it's going to allow them to create legacy for their families. Wow. Where was the genesis for this? Where did this come from? Because, I mean, again, you all, back in 2019, ain't had this legislation. We was like, ooh, can the Crown Act happen here? I don't know. Let's see. And I, I will. I have to confess, mm -hmm. I never envisioned the Crown Act being as wildly successful. I actually had a much more pessimistic view mm -hmm. of our ability to use the law to defend mm -hmm. black hair. And I have been, I've had my eyes open mm -hmm. that the success of people like Ajawa Asamoa and um, Wendy Green, Dr. Wendy Green. Yes, these are people love who you love her, love her. Yes. These are people who have really opened my eye. And I'm a very mm -hmm. optimistic person, but mm -hmm. since I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. But we ain't made no it. Way, but we made it. Where did these, uh, the ideas for these two pathways, how did that come about? Man, so obviously all of our experience as black women in this industry yeah. um, and recognizing that a lot of our community doesn't necessarily understand the ins and, out, in and, ins and outs of licensing. Right. And so we want to give them a different perspective, a mm. different opportunity to enter an industry from what you already culturally know. Right. Right. But just taking it a step further and standardizing it, meaning that you're going to take uh, courses on sanit scalp sanitation, disinfection, just making sure that you're keeping the public safe. Right. Because that was the true inception of the original license in yeah. 1993 yeah. was about public health and safety. Mm. And if we're not keeping the public safe, 
right. then what are we doing? Right. Right. We can make beautiful hair, but if we're causing hair loss, what are we doing? Mm. So those are the things that we want to make sure that we are securing for our fellow yeah. industry members. Yeah. Let's talk about scalp safety for just a minute. My mom, um, she's a sister locks consultant. She does my sister locks. Mm-hmm. Um, she does everything but chemicals, mm-hmm. right? So she's a master. She's a, a bar certified barber, a cosmetologist. She uh, and she's like, I reject chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> so like so hair is in your in your blood. Yeah. Oh, it's in my okay. blood. It's in my blood. Okay. <laughs> but one of the things my mom always said was that she start. She always knew she wanted to do hair, mm-hmm. and she started with braiding up grass. Mm. Like she would sit outside in the yard and she would braid French roll the grass or French braid the grass because she loved hair that much. Mm -hmm. She would braid her baby doll's hair, her sisters and whatnot hair. But she didn't know about scalp safety. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that there were that there are certain disinfecting things that you should do between mm-hmm. one comb and another. Between one, even if you're combing all your kids hair, like a lot of us will just go from one Man, child look. to the other and like, give me the grease, give me the comb, sit at one, next, next, next. And so we don't necessarily know that there is a science to this. Now, I believe ancestrally we knew these yes. things because we were very clear, you need soap and water, you need yes. a washcloth. We, we understand what hygiene is, mm-hmm. but through the enslavement experience, if I'm sitting out in the woods Woods, Aaron, and you and I are trying to do each other's hair, child. We ain't got time. The master coming. I got yeah. to get these bantu knots in this head quick and then wrap it up with a, a cloth. Gotta and braid this map. Gotta braid it. Gotta <laughs> braid it. Gotta put this map in this head because we running away yes. tonight. Yes. So we didn't have the luxury of mm-hmm. indulging in that aspect of hair science. Talk with us about some of the maladies and some of the harm that can come from people well-intentioned mm. in the industry but who just do not know the science behind that aspect of hair care. Well, I mean, your basics, right? Yeah. If you don't wash your body, if you don't wash your hands, you can spread germs. With soap. Okay. Yes. There's a lot soap. of people out there who don't know that soap is a thing. Yes. You you can, you know, spread us, spread germs. You know. Right? Little babies, you know, they come with their little snot nose germs. Right. Um, with our hair, it's more profound. Right. You can spread fungus, bacteria, mm. and these can cause lasting effects and sometimes permanent hair loss. Right. So it's important that we are cleaning and disinfecting our tools. But back to what you said about, you know, sharing the combs and the brushes throughout <laughs> the family. So I remember growing up the dirty brush. Right. The mm. one with all the hair and it was the best brush. Yeah. Because it was stiff. Yep. You know, you could get that hair how you needed, even though it had coated of gel. And then when you clean that, that like brush. That was like seasoning on a cast yes, iron pot. Yes. <laughs> it was a seasoning on a cast yes. iron pot. And then when you would clean that brush. It wasn't the same until it got dirty again. (laughs) But in reality, we want to make sure that we are cleaning those implements because you can definitely pass along, you know, issues. And one of the things that people don't recognize or realize, but dandruff is contagious. Really? Yes. So that's something that just the most basic thing. Huh. That if you have someone in your family have dandruff, right? You want to make sure that you're not using each other's implements. It's somebody doing their child's hair right, right now, now, looking at that brush real different. <laughs> <laughs> real different. Just wash it or get everybody should have their own brush and comb in the family. Mm, on I like period. That. I like that. And but that again, that's not something that we necessarily talk about. And and I, I'm saying it this way because it's kind of funny to me because we are so concerned about cleanliness in so many other areas. Mm-hmm. Like you're not wearing your shoes in the house. Like we gonna you gonna have this Saturday morning clean up soundtrack and music. We either <laughs> listening to in class with car or right. some gospel or some something. We are so fastidious that when the the Twitter wars break out and people are like, "What do you mean you use a washcloth? I thought washcloths were for poor people." We're just looking at them in like ancient black what? women, like ill. So like we are.
are very clear about the need for sanitization. Mm -hmm. But these, again, are just some systems that we did not have access to. And so if I am someone who is interested in becoming a cosmetologist, quite frankly, um, Erin, and I want to focus on natural hair. Mm -hmm. I want to focus on black hair. And the reason I'm I'm making that slight distinction is because, unfortunately, um, when it comes to all of the many messages that we get that say we have to have straight hair when it Mm -hmm. comes to all the messages that we get that say straight hair is more beautiful you're more attractive you're more likely to get a job statements i don't necessarily see the world shouting to to prove wrong like you are going to be considered a different way when your hair Mm -hmm. is straightened we get that we're all natural naturalistas here we understand that Mm -hmm. but we are also going to need the professionals who can help more women transition transition from a space that says i have been taught that my hair has to be straight to be beautiful to be attractive to be mm-hmm. to get a job to be uh, and gainfully employed and I am now realizing that I am exposing myself to uterine cancer to ovarian cancer to fibroid cancer I am causing myself harm and there's something that I'm wrestling with this mm-hmm. idea that how my hair grows out of my head has to be altered to look like something mm-hmm. that was genetically never designed to do Ever. I feel like the role of the professional is so important because I remember when there were no natural hair professionals, mm-hmm. not not in not in, in central Pennsylvania, not in state college Pennsylvania <laughs> where I was going to school, and to be able to have access to professionals who will look at you and say, "Oh no, baby, I got you. Mm-hmm. You're making a transition. I know it's hard. Mm-hmm. Of course it's difficult. You're worried about how your husband gonna look at you. You're mm-hmm. worried about how your kids, your family gonna look at you. Let me not just give you a style. Let me also serve in that role mm-hmm. of a hair stylist because in our community, that's a therapeutic space." Mm-hmm. Talk with us about the importance of flooding the zone, if you will. Mm -hmm. Look at me, y'all, trying to have sports analogies. Flooding the zone. Flooding the zone, if you will, (laughs) with more people who are going to be able to help more of us navigate that journey. Well, I I think flooding the zone, right, with more people is going to definitely give more of a focus on black women's health and wellness. Mm. Um, Because a lot of us don't recognize that our hair is directly correlated to our health, right? Even down to depression. Right. Sometimes we may be in a depressive state and not realize that we're in that space. But our hair does. Our hair is matted up in Mm. the back of our head. And, you know, for me, like I've had different moments. Like I'll I'll tell you a story. My um, grandmother passed away. Oh, my condolences. And this was in 2018. And I just was I couldn't do it. And my cousin is the only person that I let do my hair. I'm a hair mm-hmm. care professional. But I sat in her lap, you know, on the floor, had my head, and she did my hair, and I just cried. Mm. And that was a healing moment for me. Yeah. And she knew it. We didn't talk. You know, we just Oh, we girl, just did you got that. my eyes watering right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it was just that moment. And I think we kind of have gotten away from that personal touch and that personal care yeah. when it comes to our hair. So flooding the, you know, the industry with new professionals and current professionals that are actually licensed mm. is going to allow us more care for ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's going to allow us to really take more ownership in that space as well. Mm. And understanding that some of the things that we use, whether it's essential oils or, you know, different products, they can disrupt our endocrine system. Mm. And that is that is like lavender can disrupt your endocrine system. I just put a bottle of lavender. Um, I had a, I was going to pick up a bottle of <laughs> lavender soap the other day. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my mom's been telling me too much lavender can be disruptive. Yes. And I love lavender, yes. but, you know, in its natural format. It, but it just so I just and then I decided to put it back. I was mm-hmm. like, and eh, let me not because I've seen how these products and chemicals mm-hmm. love the smell, love oh, the they scent, but so they good. can they can really be disruptive. What does it to have your endocrine system disrupted? What can that lead to that can lead to hyperthyroidism that can lead to um 
oh man, mast what what breast cancer? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. to put it clearly. Um, let's see what else. I mean, there's so many different things, but the biggest thing for me that I've noticed in Black women is the thyroid. Mm. Even myself, speaking yeah. for myself, like yeah. I've been in this industry for over 20 years, and I've done a lot of chemicals. Right, yeah. I was doing relaxers at one point in time. Mm. Then I was doing, um, you know, color, but the relaxers. I, find, I found were really disruptive, so I stopped doing them. Yeah. Um, and there was this one product by a company. It was a smoothing product. And every single time I used that smoothing product, I would, like, itch all over for wow. days. My, my nose. And it was to the point, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Wow. When we would have trainings for work, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Wow. No, that's crazy. Yeah. One of the other things I'm remembering, um, because one of the, the young people in my family, um, not my immediate, but in my family, um, had a issues with precocious puberty mm. which is early onset of puberty yes absolutely. and this is something that you know i remember karis one and other people talking about it's the, the chemicals in the milk and the chemicals in the, da, 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 da. and and they were basically saying the doctor the endocrinologist told uh the parents that are if you're using lavender if you're using a lot of and named a bunch of other things that mm -hmm. can disrupt the endocrine system that can also contribute to their early onset of okay. puberty and this is a child who was like six and dealing with breast tissue yes right so i mean we're talking about some serious challenges particularly for young people um and I see, of course, now we got calls coming in. Y'all do this every single time. Uh -oh. Every single time. Every single time. Um, so, Aaron, I may have to keep you over for just a few minutes. Okay. We'll see how this plays out. Um, but they do all the time. I want to have a whole political segment I'm supposed to do. And then they just they wait to the last minute. I, I love me some Urban View. I really do. Um, when we're talking about this path forward, this is something that's unique to New York. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen just because people was like, oh, let's just do this today. No. You all had to fight for this. Yes. Give us in just a, a minute or two a sense as to the fight that you have had to undertake in order to broaden out the entryway for people who want to enter this uh, this field. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people, like, they like to call it a fight. Mm. We don't like to call it a fight. We mm. like to call it, we, we loved on it. Oh. You know, we, we put some love on okay. it. All right. You know how, you know, young man said we stand on business? Yes. That's what we did. Oh, okay? my God. We stood I love on business. That. Um, in 2021, there was an introduction of the deregulation of the natural hair care license. Yep. And so we kind of formed together as Voltron, as mm -hmm. Natasha says. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, 2022, we headed down to the caucus. That's Natasha Gaspar, yes. the main moves yes. media. Yes, yes. I love Our her. Girl. Yeah, she is um, amazing. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went down to the caucus and we stopped the deregulation. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we've just been on a path to strengthen and elevate the license. Mm -hmm. And that's also including updating curriculum, updating testing, you know, and just I don't want to get too crazy, but you know, I'm stay, a, stay tuned, y'all. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, and and for those of you who are wondering, yes, this is the very same Erin Maben who was a part of the Advocacy Academy course that we hold <laughs> at the Center for Law and Social Justice at the Megervis College, yes. which will be starting again this March of 2024. Uh, we have a caller on the line, uh, but we're gonna have to. We're, do we have time to take this caller right now? All right, we're gonna take this caller. Caller, unfortunately, because we're at the end of the segment, I do need you to ask your question as quickly as you possibly can. But thank you for calling and being a part of the Colin family. What would you like to ask Erin? this morning um absolutely i want to go as quick as possible um so i want to know if um it's possible for us to hold employers responsible um for financially for the um, harms that they caused us to go through that they required us to go through Ooh, that's a great question can our employers in some way vicariously liable for the harms that black women are taking uh, are experiencing mm. because I, i'm assuming this is because of the beauty standards that they require the grooming standards that they require mm. in the workplace is that what you're saying caller Absol absolutely oh, okay. oh. so they put this... it in writing and required it 
Right. Especially when they say the hair has to be straight or when they're the grooming policies and procedures and yes. the manuals speak to a hair texture that is that isn't for us. Yes. That's a great question. Wow, that is a good question. So I would say this. I would say contact me at hairsteam.education because I actually offer corporations DEI and I'm actually doing a keynote at a large corporation um, at the end of the month and I'm going to be talking about this type of thing and how they can implement strategies into Mm. the workspace that will understand our hair more but the other part I would say is absolutely contact your crown act I think in New York City there is um, a branch oh wait but she's in Florida do they have the crown act in Florida oh oh I don't know if they have the Crown Act in Florida. And it's not federal yet because the Republicans blocked it. So the Republicans' anti-block policies and procedures are now... You see how elections matter, right? So Rand Paul and the Republican Party blocked the Crown Act from being passed at the federal level. We're going state by state. uh, But I don't know that we have this yet in Florida. So we're going to have to... That that requires now another level of inquiry. Mm -hmm. Um, So Aisha, we're going to have to do a little research and a little digging. You are listening to Laree Daniel Favors on Sirius XM's Urban View, where Talk Empowers and Becomes Action. I'm here with Erin Maven, who is the EVP of Education Development and the co-founder of the Natural Hairstyle and Braid Coalition. And Erin, and we just took a call from somebody in the state of Florida mm-hmm. who wanted to know whether or not they, what options they had in the state of Florida. And one thing we realized during the break was that Florida has actually deregulated the yeah. natural hairstyling uh, capacity in that state. Exactly. And it completely, there was a bill that was passed in 2022 it looks like 2021 that completely removes the license requirement for hair braiding and hair wrapping mm-hmm. so the, folks elections matter they right do. they matter a lot because this is something that had he not been in leadership had the republicans not been in leadership in this state would have been actually it would have been a path forward uh, you mentioned something one of your colleagues in the state of florida was trying to after this bill was passed yes. found that they weren't what tell, tell, you were saying so, this during the break you know shout out to dj hey she went to the state board. She's been very adamant because she was upset that the braider, you know, natural license got deregulated. So she's like, I got to go figure this out. She went to the state board and come to find out they can't add extension hair unless they have a cosmetology license. So Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I've been adding extension hair since extension hair could be added. Right. You mean I would have to, in order to do that for someone else, I would have to be a cosmetologist to add, to put braids in your head? Yes. So you took away a license that was already doing that, right, with no problem. Wow. And then now it's pretty much illegal, right, because unless you're a cosmetologist, you can't add hair to the hair. Oh, Which is... That's Crazy. like the fundamental. That's like having clean combs. We are gonna add some hair. We yes. gonna we gonna do some. <laughs> we, we gonna do. We gonna add some hair. Yes. We gonna do some things. Absolutely. Wow. So this is a, about advocacy. Yes. As much as it is beauty and and loving, you know, the luxury of hair and getting your hair and mm-hmm. you know your emotions needs all that things all the also matters. Mm-hmm. But this is also about advocacy. It one hundred percent is advocacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but this is also gonna be my presentation. And but salons and barbershops were pivotal. Mm. and monumental in the civil rights era. That's right. Okay, so as a salon professional, as a natural hair care professional, a barber, whatever you are in this beauty industry, you are an advocate by right, Mm. by heritage, by by lineage, right? So you have to step into the space, own it. You are in control of this whole industry, but you don't know it. Mm. So I'm here to tell you, 
that you should go become an advocate. And advocacy doesn't always mean you're going to go march down and lobby or you're going right. to protest or you're going to go, you know, change a law. Advocacy could just be that you have gatherings at your salon, give, bringing awareness, bringing in the people that are talking about this, mm. right? Bringing in the, the people that are changing law and legislation. Yeah. You don't, there's so many avenues to advocacy. Yeah. And what the NHBC has done is we've kind of explored all of them. Yeah. Um, and that's what's made our journey so great and unique because, you know, we have master pioneers that were in 1993, mm-hmm. right? Then we have the vanguards, myself and Natasha. We like to call ourselves that. Um and we're kind of taking it to the next level yeah. with the master pioneers because I read a, uh, it was a proverb proverb yesterday. It said the youth can run run fast, mm. but the elders know the path. Ooh, you could be running fast in the wrong direction That's if you don't right. have the elders with you. So you always need that pr- predecessor, so mm. to speak. You know, the person yes. that came before you yes. to give you the path. You might have a different vision right. to get them further right. because, you know, you're younger and you're faster, you're keen. Right. But you still have to understand the path. Mm, I love that. Oh, I love that. And and I think there's something symbolic and, and special about this as well, because back in 1993, when you had the um, elected officials who were... Um, not the elected officials, when you had the master hairstylists and braiding coalition members who were making sure that we had a license in the state of New York for natural hairstylists to come out of their basements, come out of their kitchens, and actually open up mm-hmm. salons. The Center for Law and Social Justice at Mega Rivers College, which was then led by my predecessor, our founding mm-hmm. executive director, Esmeralda Simmons, was an intimate part of that process, yes. helping to draft the legislation, making sure Diane Bailey understood what to say when she went to Albany, mm-hmm. going up to Albany, fighting and meeting with the elected officials to mm-hmm. make sure that black members of the hair care community would have access to this so I just got to say I think it's poetic to the extreme Mm -hmm. that now 30 plus years later here we are the vanguard you know us younger generation folks I'm now in leadership at the Center for (laughs) Law and Social Justice at Mega Rivers College cultural rights which was sort of the umbrella of legal advocacy that was born out of that 1993 Mm -hmm. effort is now something that we still hold to and we are still doing the work of supporting the growth and expansion in this space. This is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful time and Erin, I'm encouraged because you all are demonstrating what happens when people who are minding their own business, Mm -hmm. doing what you was already doing and realize there's a problem here Mm -hmm. and then realize, well, I'm not the only one that sees this problem. Other people who are similarly situated to me see this problem and Mm -hmm. we may not be lawyers. We may not know everything about drafting legislation, but we know what we know. That's right. And we know how we are. And we know deserve. We, we know what we need. Absolutely. That's right. And we know whose power we can call on. This is yes. an amazing thing. I want to congratulate you and the Natural Hairstyle and Braid Coalition members because yes. you are really showing us what it looks like when being entrepreneurs meets advocacy mm-hmm. and advocacy meets success. Yes. And I think that it, you are all to be applauded. And, and I'm really Thank just you. excited about everything that's happening. Now, you're going to be at caucus weekend. Yes. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend. Yes. The 17th. The 17th. We'll be there for the whole weekend, but we have, you know, some wonderful things happening on the 17th. And I do want to just go back to the advocacy class because it was really monumental in our work. And we have... Oh, wait, I'm I'm sorry. You're talking about Advocacy Academy? Yes. At the Center for Law and Social Mm -hmm. Justice, which will be launching its sixth cohort in March of this spring. Is that class you're talking about? Yes, that is the class. And and we have extended it to our other stylists. Like DJ from Florida, she was also a alumni. She took the course. So, you know, we would love to partner so we can get other hairdressers, you know, 
know, yeah. on on board yeah. with the advocacy class. We might need to see if Professor Morris could do like a, a summer session. Yes. For like like how to do advocacy for for the natural hairstyle community. Yes. Ooh, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna we have would to, love. I'm gonna have to pitch that. Yes. one. I'm gonna fund- raise some money for that. One. Okay. Let's All right, do. Okay. It. Let's we're gonna make it. that one happen. We're gonna yes. make that one happen. All right. <laughs> All right so on the seventeenth, we're having two workshops. Okay. One during the morning with um, Assemblywoman uh, Salages. Yes. And then we're having our afternoon event that we're going to you know introduce our lovely bill and talk mm. further about that um and that is run by gary pretlow assembly member gary pretlow nice. and then senator leah webb so those are our nice. two sponsors of that bill which is great because okay. sometimes you only have one sponsor for right. a bill but right. we have both the senate and the assembly because you know that there's two houses that you have yes. to get this bill through. yes because mm-hmm. you, you you're advocates absolutely <laughs> and then you know we have to then get the rest of them right to understand yeah what our bill means and what it is so mm. then when they go back to the house floor they can talk about it and say yes we want to go ahead with that bill right so you just just to be clear and to make it painfully obvious you didn't just say oh this is something that we need you like it i like it we like it mm-hmm. yeah. show do wish there was a law somebody should do something about this you guys are working the system you're not yes. fighting you're no. loving on it yeah we're loving you're working on it. the system mm-hmm. you understand where the power lies mm-hmm. you've got bills in both houses mm-hmm. you know that you have to now get other electeds to sign on yes. because you're crystal clear about yes. how to move power absolutely how to navigate how to navigate yes. Imagine if we could do that in every. Imagine what if what if black educators were doing this work? Man, what if the black medical profession were organized? Like, I mean, oh, this is exciting. It would be a whole different ship. Be a whole different America. Yes. Hmm. 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 Imagine if only. All right. Well, how can people follow you and? Y'all going to get this message, Camilla, I water. What's the best way for people to follow you and connect with the work of the coalition? Okay, so you can follow me at Aaron H. Maben on Instagram, as well as the coalition at the underscore NHBC. You can visit our website, nhbcoalition.org. And you can also visit my website, hairsteam.education. And that's hair, H-A-I-R-S-T-E-A-M. Yes. Dot education. And STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Mathematics. Because mm. we are scientists. Yes. Mathematicians. Yes. Art, we're all of it. Artists. Yes, technicians. All of it. Oh, I love this. The potential, the possibility. This is what vision looks like mm-hmm. when you dream something. Because back in 2019, I was like, Chad, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. But look at but me being a negative up. Nancy. And y'all was like, no, we know. Just mm-hmm. you you put together that class and let us do what we got to yes, do. So that's and, right. And that's a, to me, that's another beautiful message is that everyone doesn't have to see the end result so long as we see our role in yes. producing it that's mm-hmm. what matters and progress I just is need, progress progress is progress mm-hmm. we're gonna make it happen i appreciate y'all thank, thank you for coming you. to visit us it today. was so nice yes 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 y'all go visit the websites get the information and yeah uh, advocacy academy class will be launching the sixth cohort in march of this spring march 5th i believe the first tuesday in march i think that's the fifth um will be the first day it's an 11 week course and it's not like, oh, I want this one and then that third class and then the fourth. It's a, it's a course, people. Don't be thinking you're just going to pick and choose which of the 11. You don't get the certificate at the end if you don't do the course. And that course requires you to have a project that you work on, either in isolation or in, uh, not in isolation, either on your own or in collaboration with other members, the members of the Natural Hairstyle and Braid Coalition. It was five of y'all um, mm-hmm. who took that, sat in that first cohort. Um, and then by the end of that 11 weeks, you have a plan that is going to help you do whatever it is that you're trying to do. In your case, it's literally changing the law. Yeah, we're doing it. I love Thank it. Thank you, advocacy class. I love it. Oh, I love it when everything works out. <laughs>